We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast brought to you from the United States of America, where we currently have a fake president who did not win nor the Electoral College, which is necessary to win the presidency of the United States. He also lost the popular vote. 81 million ballots, maybe, but not 81 million votes. And thus, we continue to live under the tyranny of a fake president who is having his puppet strings pulled by the CCP, George Soros, Obama, and the globalist haters of America who are doing everything to destroy and enslave us. Some people hear me say that and they go, oh my gosh, he's one of those. Yes, I'm a realist. I can see how the world is working around me. You don't have to be too intelligent to see it. You have to be an absolute moron, evil or just want to be blind not to see it. It is so obvious. Now, there are many traits that are undesirable that Joseph Biden has. One of them is he's disgusting. Disgusting for, uh, let's see, uh, bathing with his daughter and that screwing her up and making her a sex addict and probably doing the same thing with his son, Hunter. His son, Hunter Biden, knows that his uh, his pseudonym is Mr. Peters, Robert L. Peters, I believe is what it is, Robin Ware and all these other things. And he had his own dad saved as Pedo Pete in his phone. So yes, Joe Biden is a pedophile and he's a sick man. I'm talking about evil sick man but he's also a sick man who who loves to torture children with his uh, sickness now let me show you what I'm talking about uh, we've got this Biden repeatedly coughs at his hand and then goes shaking children's hands in a back to school student event in DC check out these 15 sick uh, seconds of sickness I'm on the other side of a monitor and even I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get my Perel <laughs> watching Biden do that. Oh my gosh. Ah, sick Joe Biden. Now, for those of you who are members of our inner circle on Patreon, may have seen my vlog this morning where I had to cut it a couple times. All right, I'm not going to sneeze on camera, so let me pause this for a second. I had cut it because I, I, ha I felt a sneeze coming on. I don't want to sneeze on a camera. Now, uh, I, we had a little fun with the, with, with, the, uh, with the vlog this morning on our Inner Circle uh, upload. And I put the little kitten sneezing. You know, just to make light of the situation. But how do you make light of this situation 
where we have Joe Biden. You can't cure Joe Biden with uh, Perel. But alas, that's not the real thing that we have to worry about. We have to worry about the type of person and persons currently in charge of our country. Tucker Carlson gave a speech in Budapest, Hungary. And he said one thing, he had one line that is noteworthy. He had lots of lines that were noteworthy, but this is one of them. I love my country, but the people who run it now are dangerous and insane. That was from Tucker's speech the other day in Budapest. And we surely are in that kind of quandary. One of the reasons that we are in this position is because the rhinos, the Republicans, are weak and are doing nothing. And the left is so concerned about Kevin McCarthy talking about a possible upcoming impeachment inquiry. An impeachment inquiry that still hasn't started and that he's still talking about. Stop with the jibber-jabbing, Kevin, and if you're going to do it, crap or get off the pot. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is dropping hints that an impeachment inquiry could be imminent as he's demanding more information about the business dealings of President Joe Biden and his family. If you look at all the information we've been able to gather so far, it is a natural step forward that you would have to go to an impeachment inquiry. A White House spokesman called the idea a, quote, crazy exercise rooted not in facts and truth, but partisan shamelessness. <laughs> ah, the word sinvergüenza is a lot stronger in Spanish than it is in English, where it translates to without shame or shameless. But man, sinvergüenza, literally 91 indictment counts against President Trump, every single one of them uh, BS and bogus, as we are going into an election season. Oh, folks, wait till I get to the news. I got I got news. I mean, that's what we're going to get into in this episode. But imagine saying with a straight face or tweeting with a straight face or I guess you can't do it with straight fingers, but you know what I mean. With a straight face going, oh yeah, partisan politics, not based on anything. By the way, I think it's pronounced Purell, right? Not Purell like I was just saying. Purell for the hand sanitizer. President Trump says exactly what we're all thinking. Stop with the inquiry, the inquiry, and just get down to business. And Donald Trump, meantime, is arguing that the speaker should skip the inquiry altogether and move straight to a vote, writing, these lowlifes impeached me twice. I won and indicted me four times for nothing. Either impeach the bum or fade into oblivion. They did it to us. Let's read that whole thing. That whole truth, that whole tweet from President Trump. The Republicans in Congress, though well-meaning, keep talking about an impeachment inquiry on crooked Joe Biden. Look, the guy got bribed. He paid people off and he wouldn't give $1 billion to Ukraine unless they got rid of the prosecutor. Biden is a stone-cold crook. You don't need a long inquiry to prove it. It's already proven. And of course... Though I'm surprised that MSNBC showed the whole truth post on there, they didn't read the very important part that this is not just tit for tat and revenge by Trump. Trump reminded everyone that the crimes of Joe Biden are already proven. 
And if you don't believe that they're not proven because they haven't gone to court, then the same courtesy should be extended to Trump in all of these affairs of calling President Trump an insurrectionist and plotting to keep him off of the ballot. Crazy, crazy stuff we're going through here, folks. Let's talk about let's talk about what's going on with the latest in the arraignment. We just this just got in. Trump and his 18 co-defendants to be arraigned September 6th in the Georgia Rico case. Joe Biden's 2024 campaign move, since he doesn't really, you know, campaign and his fake administration is one big failure. He's going to be arraigning uh, Trump on September 6th, along with Giuliani and the other co-defendants. But interestingly enough, President Trump will have is scheduled for one time. Giuliani is, is scheduled for another time and everyone else is scheduled for another time altogether. Here are the details. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee uh, allowed cameras in the courtroom for Trump's arraignment in Fulton County. WSB TV, WAG TV, WANF TV, and WXIA TV will be in the courtroom with cameras. Trump's arraignment will be broadcast on live television. Trump and 18 other defendants will appear at the Fulton County Courthouse on Wednesday, September 6th to be arraigned on RICO and conspiracy charges. Trump will be arraigned at 9.30 a.m., uh, Rudy Giuliani will be arraigned at 9.45 and the other 17 will be lumped together according to a court docket at 10 a.m. Trump and 18 other defendants were indicted on RICO and conspiracy charges for daring to challenge the overtly uh, 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 the overt election fraud that took place in Georgia in 2020. Of course, this is just backfiring as President Trump's mugshots have been making him more and more popular. Now, by the way, if you're thinking, hey, didn't, isn't something else taking place around uh, September uh, 6th? Then, uh, yes, you would be correct. There's going to be a hearing on the election meddling and interference by the fake governor in Arizona, Katie Hobbs. If you recall, uh, Arizona House Republicans are now holding ad hoc committee hearings uh, aimed at protecting Arizonans' constitutional rights, including the right to free speech guarante- guaranteed by the U.S. and Arizona uh, constitutions. Arizona House Speaker Ben Toma has recently announced that the creation of Arizona's new ad hoc committee on oversight, accountability, and big tech to learn about the emerging legal and constitutional issues surrounding censorship by government officials and social media interference big tech manipulation, and internet platforms, and the use of artificial intelligence, according to a press release from the uh, Arizona House of Representatives. And what we are finding out as is that the first committee hearing has been scheduled for September 5th at 10 a.m. So they announced this uh, because it was reported that Katie Hobbs was colluding with Twitter to censor critics and election information on the days following the stolen 2020 election. This has come from the Missouri versus Biden case in which the Gateway Pundit is involved. So the day after the the September 5th ad hoc committee hearing, we're getting the RICO arraignment for Trump and 18 others. I'm sure it's all a co-winky-dink that there's no coordination in the scheduling of these things. Also, Justin, leftist judge Tanya Chutkin has set a trial date for March 4th in the Washington, D.C. case against Trump for also speaking out against the stolen election of 2020. 
wait a minute, isn't that uh, one day before primary elections? Isn't that just a few weeks before the New York trial? They're not even trying to hide their interference and their rigging of the 2024 election. Earlier this month, Trump was hit with four counts in Jack Smith's January 6th case, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against people's supposed rights. I mean, we do have rights, but it wasn't a conspiracy. So six months from now, the trial will begin, uh, will closely precede Trump's New York trial, where left-wing DA Alvin Bragg is trying to get Trump on BS hush money charges. Trump's attorney had requested an April 26th trial date to give them time to review the millions of documents they received from prosecutors and prepare for trial. However, Chutkin told attorneys that she was not buying their argument that they would need more time to review documents or investigate witnesses. As been said before, all of a sudden, the, the, the after waiting a long time to bring charges, now the government wants a speedy trial right in the middle of election. Wow. Absolutely crazy. But hey, let's uh, let's give you some good news. Trial dates were also set in one of Carrie Lake's lawsuits for uh, publicly available evidence in Arizona's stolen 2022 election. Uh, Lake had filed a, previously, had filed a special action lawsuit against Maricopa County after they illegally denied her team access to the fraudulent 2022 mail-in ballot affidavit envelopes. Uh, we covered that on the show, on the show. These records were not provided to Carrie Lake and her attorneys before her election contest trials with Judge Peter Thompson in Maricopa County Superior Court. Uh, they had dismissed Lake's case despite evidence that hundreds of thousands of signatures were verified by Maricopa County in less than three seconds each. These are things that we've uh, co- covered on this show. If you missed them, just go through the archives on, on uh, Spotify or anywhere you have the show, or you can go to locals.com, our show there, or Patreon. So what we have here is uh, Carrie Lake telling the Gateway Pundit, our lawsuit against Maricopa County Seeking to review envelope signatures is moving to trial in September. Judge Hanna has declared that the envelopes are not part of the voter record, which destroys the county's motion to dismiss and their entire defense case. This is a huge victory for election transparency. We're moving forward. So this is uh, great news for America, for Arizona, and for Carrie Lake. Thought I'd sneak in some good news there. All right, let's get back onto the national stage. Uh, we have a little tit for tat going back and forth between President Trump and John uh, John DeSantis. Ron DeSantis must be a Monday. At least I'm not sneezing like I was this morning. Rumors are strong in political circles that Ron DeSanctimonious, President Trump, truthed out this morning. Rumors are strong in political circles that Ron DeSanctimonious, whose presidential run is uh, is a shamble or is in shambles and whose poll numbers have absolutely crashed, putting him third and fourth in some states, will be dropping out of the presidential race in order to run in Florida against Rick Scott for Senate. Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Now, President Trump did say that this was a rumor, uh, but according to uh, Newsweek, uh, Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign are denying President Trump's claim that DeSantis was considering withdrawing from the 2024 election. 
quote, clearly Donald Trump and his army of consultants are panicked about Ron DeSantis' winning debate performance and the strong momentum that has followed. That came from DeSantis' campaign and press secretary Brian Griffin. Quote, they know this is a two-man race and we will carry this on to a win in this presidential primary. Instead of pushing fake news from New Jersey, the Trump campaign should be focused on getting their candidate on the campaign trail in Iowa and on the debate stage before it's too late. Ridiculous. President Trump is trouncing, pouncing, and trumping everyone on the GOP side. Breitbart reporting a few days ago, there's been a massive shift in support away from Governor Ron DeSantis to former President Donald Trump in Florida, the latest victory polling data shows. Interesting, didn't uh, we just see that Ron DeSantis wants Trump to get in, in the race or he's going to be losing? Ridiculous. The latest survey shows Trump asserting his sheer dominance in Florida after trilling in the same survey three uh, survey mere months ago. In May, the two presidential hopefuls were tied, but DeSantis' standing has continually dropped over the course of his presidential campaign. August survey shows Trump leading the Republican field in Florida with 59% of the vote. So let's just jump to the numbers. Trump, 59%. He's up 21. DeSantis is minus 15. In his own state. There you go. That's all you need to know. Yet, we've got Ron DeSantis over at the Field of Dreams uh, movie set and Mike Pence both uh, talking about how they don't expect President Trump to be the nominee. Even though he's overwhelmingly being supported. Let me play you two clips. The first one is Ron DeSantis in, uh, on the movie set of Field of Dreams explaining why he hesitated in making the oath uh, that he took, that pledge that he took, that even if President Trump is the nominee for the GOP, that he'll vote for him even if he's indicted. He explains why he was hesitant and why it doesn't matter. I'll cut to the chase. He doesn't think President Trump will be the nominee, nor does Mike Pence. You seemed to hesitate before raising your hand to commit to backing Trump. That, and it wasn't because of that. I, I I signed that pledge. I will follow the pledge. I mean, 100 percent. I objected to doing the hand raise and I thought most of the candidates seemed to agree with me. And so I was like, OK, are we really doing this? And people are doing it. So I, I made the pledge. I will follow through with the pledge. I don't sign pledges and not follow through. I don't think he would be the nominee at that point, but it, I signed the pledge. And that's just the reality of the situation. Last I remain confident. More confident after Wednesday night that the Republican nominee will not be the former president, that we're going to give the American people a standard bearer uh, for the GOP that's going to be able to lead us to victory against Joe Biden uh, and, and the radical left. I've talked about this on this show. It appears that Mike Pence, Ron DeSantis, they're not trying to beat President Trump. They're hoping, maybe praying to their God of this earth, Satan, or perhaps they're just hedging against the knowledge that the deep state, that the Republicans and the uniparty Democrats together are thinking that President Trump will not be in office in 2024 because as Tucker Carlson has asked President Trump twice and we've all come to the conclusion, they're going to probably try to kill him again. How many, there's so many attempts on his life that we don't even know about and quite a few that we do. They're going to try to kill him, but they're also going to try to legally keep him off the ballot. They're going to say that he's ineligible because of a misinterpretation. Not even a misinterpretation. It's like the, the Fannie Willis case and the Alvin Bragg case. They're just making crap up. 
using, at best, dubious legal theories. And they're trying to use uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, saying that President Trump is an insurrectionist and therefore ineligible to run. And we have actual uh, Republicans that are part of this plot. We have Corky Messner, who was endorsed by Trump when he ran for U.S. Senate, meeting with Secretary of State of New Hampshire, also a Republican, David Scanlon, to talk about this. Here's a local news reporting on that. Former President Donald Trump is facing a growing list of legal challenges. And now election advocates say a constitutional amendment shows that he shouldn't be allowed to run for office. I believe in the Constitution. Politics can be messy, but before party or any one candidate comes one thing for lawyer and former U.S. Senate candidate Corky Messner, and that's loyalty to the U.S. Constitution. I took an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, domestic and foreign. It's that devotion that sparked Messner to join a choir of election advocates who say former President Donald Trump may be ineligible to run for office because of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which states that a public official can't hold office if they were involved in an insurrection. Some argue that Trump's alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election prove that. I think we need to make sure that he is in fact qualified. Messner, who was endorsed by Trump when he ran for office in 2020, is bringing in a New Hampshire-based lawyer and financing the legal challenge himself. Wow, talk about a sore loser. Corky Messner uh, won the GOP Senate primary in New Hampshire in 2020, but lost in a general election. So President Trump endorsed him for him to win the primaries for the Republican Party. He lost a general election, and now he is a turncoat backstabber, sore loser. Wow. And this guy is a lawyer. Uh, you, you look him up and it says that he was the founder of the law firm that bears his name. Yet, isn't it basic knowledge and that in America you are innocent until proven guilty and just being charged or indicted with something doesn't mean that you're guilty of anything? Even if you have indictments for insurrection, which President Trump doesn't have. He has indictments supposedly for conspiracy and, and RICO and other things. Makes you wonder how good of an attorney Mr. Messner really is. On Friday, he met with Secretary of State David Scanlon, who's now figuring out if there's an argument to move forward. When somebody makes a, a reasoned argument about what those provisions mean, uh, I feel an obligation to at least listen to them. He says a decision like this should be made on facts and not politics. Like the fact that President Trump has not been convicted of anything. And even if you were to buy into this very dubious theory, it's premature because President Trump has only been indicted and not at all convicted. It's a decision of deciding that somebody is not qualified to run for president is extraordinary, and uh, it really has to be treated with that degree of importance. Yes, it does, because the Constitution sets forth very, very succinctly that to be president of the United States, you have to be a certain age, and you have to be a natural-born citizen. That's it. Everything else is extra, and that amendment to the Constitution does not overwrite or supersede the previous one. And once again, it was for insurrectionists, for people that were part of the Civil War 
and revolting against the union that that amendment was passed. Once again, President Trump is not guilty of that. And oh, by the way, what happened with this insurrection? Did they replace Joe Biden? No, they did not. The whole thing's a farce. And the filing period for the primary is quickly approaching. So Secretary Scanlon says he'll be having those conversations with the Attorney General's office to see how this can move forward. In Concord, Ariel Metropolis, WMUR. So let's see, the Secretary of State, a Republican, will be having, because he's not an attorney. He's not an attorney. So let me, let me just make sure I didn't confuse anyone. Corky Messner is an attorney. He's asking the Secretary of State to look into this. The Secretary of State, Scanlon is a Republican, but he's not an attorney. But he's going to talk to the Attorney General about this. Even though everyone knows that President Trump hasn't been convicted of anything yet. It's premature. But let's look at who the Attorney General of New Hampshire is. It's John Formella. And he was appointed... Uh, John Formella was sworn into office as New Hampshire Attorney General on April 22nd, 2021, after being nominated for the position by Governor Chris Sununu and confirmed by the Executive Council. Okay, uh, he was previously uh, Chief uh, Legal Counsel. Let's see, uh, part of his role, Attorney General Formella served as Governor Chris Sununu's Legal Counsel, advising the Governor on all significant legal issues. Uh, the same Governor Sununu, of course, who thinks that uh, he's anti-Trump, thinks that Trump's mugshot will turn off independence and thinks that uh, the GOP is trying to save the country while Trump is only trying to save himself. So you can see this is part of a plot against President Trump by the GOP rhinos to keep him off the ballot. Uh, by the way, New Hampshire, which used to be uh, like one of the, the, the first state, I believe, uh, to vote. Now it's not because the, the Democrats played around with it. New Hampshire still doesn't hasn't set the date in January when they're going to be having the Republican primary uh Republican presidential primary, but I'm sure they'll target that around the time or fortuitously against Trump. Does that even make sense? Fortuitously against Trump. Fortuitously, it'll be fortuitous, or at least they're hoping it will be for the opponents of Donald Trump. But uh, they're wrong. Everything is backfiring here. President, uh, President Trump shattered his personal fundraising record after the Fulton County mugshot the latest attempt to humiliate President Trump has officially turned into an epic backfire. And what we have here is that President Trump has added nearly 3 million uh, more since the 4.18 million that he... So on Friday, he raised 4.18 million, almost $4.2 million. And then over the weekend, the following days, he added uh, a little under 3 million more for a total of 7.1 million at the end of the weekend and counting it's still going up his mugshot and this whole thing have got galvanized people around president trump and i sure i don't need to i don't need to mention this but do not give your money to the gop to the rnc give your money to trump to save america pack or to any candidate you'd like directly do not give it to the swampy party of the republicans you are a fool if you do so because the republicans are part of this plot to keep President Trump off the ballot, which is a very dangerous and dubious, as I've said several times in this episode alone, legal theory against President Trump. So now never Trump scholars turned political hacks are trying to argue that Trump should be barred 
constitutionally barred from running for office. Now, this is patently absurd, especially coming from judges who once called themselves originalists, like our old friend Mike Ludig. Now, as you listen to this, I want you to remember that they have strenuously argued that Trump's team was guilty of wildly distorting the Constitution regarding challenges to the state vote counts uh, and the establishing of uh, alternate slate of electors. Watch. The people who wrote the 14th Amendment were not fools. They realized that if those people who try to overturn the country, who try to get rid of our peaceful transitions of power, are again put in power, that would be the end of the nation, the end of democracy. All officials, federal and state, who have a responsibility uh, to put on the ballot candidates for the presidency of the United States, for instance, they, himself or herself, are obligated under the Constitution to determine whether Donald Trump qualifies to be put on the ballot. <laughs> what? Try to follow that. Now, again, they accused Trump of pulling apart the Constitution after the election. And you can argue about what Trump did, but what are they doing? What we're seeing is Republican operatives doing the same thing as the Democrats and what they're pushing on CNN. If our Constitution means anything, Laura, he will not be on the ballot. He is disqualified by the 14th Amendment. But presently, he is indeed on the ballot. I expect that there will be, if there needs to be, challenges to secretaries of states and others who are authorized for developing uh, the ballots when that time comes uh, to keep him off. Now, I played Laura Ingram there and CNN just so you can get a perspective on what's being reported. Actually surprised that CNN's actually covering this. Kudos to them, even though they're still fake news for the most part. But they did have on Jonathan Turley... I don't know. He might know something about this. I mean, he is a law professor at George Washington University and looks like he hasn't completely lost himself to TDS. Actually, that's not wrong. I don't think John Turley necessarily has TDS. I'm just saying so many people have been bitten by this very uh, deadly disease. It's good to see someone who is, uh, I don't know if immune to it is the word, but who hasn't succumbed to it or seems to be fighting against it. Okay, wait a second. Didn't they go after Trump for having a wacky legal theory that they thought was wacky after the last election? Now, who's offering the legal theories that are wacky? Joining me now, Jonathan Turley, professor of law at GW University, Fox News contributor, professor. Break this down to the layman out there. What on earth are they arguing it's Larry Tribe, it's former Bush uh, Fourth Circuit Judge Mike Ludig and Deval Patrick all together that Trump cannot be on the ballot. Explain that. Well, you know, quite frankly, I think this is the single most dangerous constitutional theory I've seen pop up in decades. I mean, this is an argument that under the 14th Amendment, uh, Donald Trump can be barred from running again, from ever holding office uh, in the federal government. Uh, because he violated his oath. He supported an insurrection or rebellion. The under the 14th Amendment, you have this bar on federal office. Uh, if you supported or if you gave aid and comfort uh, to an insurrection or rebellion. Now, of course, that brings you to the original question. What was January 6th? In the view of many citizens, including myself, 
It was a protest that became a riot. It was not a rebellion or insurrection, but that's a matter of disagreement between citizens. But what is not a matter of disagreement is President Trump legally isn't even guilty or charged with insurrection. But Donald Trump hasn't been charged with insurrection, not even incitement. Uh, special counsel Jack Smith charged him with a variety of crimes like fraud. He notably did not charge him with even incitement in right. that, uh, that second federal indictment. Yes. They're trying to keep him off the ballot for insurrection, but they haven't even charged him with insurrection, nor has he been convicted, with any of the, or convicted of any of the crimes that they have against him. This is Marxist America 2023, where a shoplifter gets capital punishment because the law says, you know, that you get capital punishment for murder, even though the shoplifter wasn't charged with murder and not even convicted of shoplifting. It's a wonky example, but you know what I'm trying to say. I'll be back tomorrow with more reporting.